Well, hello, God bless. Welcome again to another Bible teaching. Well, I'm used to saying that, but this is actually going to be a little bit different. This is Wednesday Night Live, we're calling this. And uh, we are just going live and kind of seeing by faith who is, uh, if anybody has any prayer requests or any questions, you know, that might help you in your spiritual life. I'm not a Bible answer man. I don't get into debates over isms and things like that. But if you need practical help in your life or there's something we can just pray for you about, that's what this is all about. But also, it's um, a little bit difficult for me just to ramble on and fill airtime. So instead of doing that, I'm going to be reading from the Word of God as we go on and just kind of uh, see what the Lord will do as we go on. So that being said, let's go ahead and pray, and then I'll start reading, and we'll see what the Lord has for us. Lord God, we thank you for this good day, God. It is another day indeed that you have made that we can rejoice and be glad in, Lord. And we can be rejoicing, Lord, in this day simply because of who you are, Lord. Come what may in our lives, no matter the struggles, no matter the challenges that we face, uh, no matter what's going on in our lives, Lord, we can rest in you. We can trust in you. Our hope is in you. We can fix our eyes on you, Lord. And that is what we desire to do tonight, Lord, as we come together like this, Lord, as we use this avenue that you've given us, this vehicle of the internet, Lord, to share with one another, Lord, to pray with one another, and just to read your word, Lord. We do this by faith, just acknowledging you in all things, and we thank you that you are with us. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, you know, I've got to throw my glasses on here. Um, Hello to Isaac, watching from Oregon. God bless you. Appreciate you being here. Um, Again, this is just uh, an open time for uh, anything that the Lord might place on your heart if, if you do have any questions or anything like that. Um, I, do, I do say down here as well uh, in the little banner that should be going across the bottom of the screen if this is working properly, that you can also email me with any questions that you have and I could um, check that email to, you know, if you want to kind of remain anonymous or anything that we can pray for. And I can also be, I don't have to be specific in naming names and things like that. But anyway, all that being said, I'm going to just go ahead and just, uh, like I said, to fill a little air time here, I'm going to read from First Peter chapter 1 and kind of use the Word of God as the foundation for maybe what we can talk about tonight. We'll see what happens here. But it starts out by talking, um, it's the Apostle Peter, and he says, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the pilgrims of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Now, I will just comment on that last sentence there, grace to you and peace be multiplied. Where do we get that peace? 
Where do we get that grace in our lives? You know, we get that from our relationship with Jesus Christ. There's no other way. Now, I know it's funny when I say there's no other way because some of you may come upon this teaching someday or watch this video or listen to this audio, whatever the case may be. And you can probably argue, well, I found peace in this or I found peace in that. You know, I went this direction or that direction. But true, lasting, eternal peace comes from the knowledge of Jesus Christ. When we are living our lives in such a manner where we're, where we're fixed on him, our eyes are focused on him as the author and the finisher of our faith. In other words, faith begins with Jesus and it's going to end with Jesus. And when I say end, someday the way we walk by faith now will all be done away with. We won't need it anymore. Why? Because we'll be in his presence. We will see him. We will bow the knee and, and our tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. But the good news is, is that now on this side of heaven, we can do the same thing. We can walk by faith in him. We can commit our lives to him holy and but i tell you faith on this side of heaven faith in the here and when we're living here and now faith is a fight and if anyone has ever told you that you know coming to christ means uh all your troubles are gone and you know you're going to be on easy street and it's you're going to be floating down the stream on a tube you know like it's all easy it's not trust me i've been walking with the lord Gosh, since 1986, however long that's been now, 36 years, I guess. And you know what? I've had all kinds of trials. I've had all kinds of struggles. There's been things that, you know, I could spend a whole night talking to you about, you know, temptations and trials and things like that. There is no temptation that has overtaken us than such as common to man, Peter tells us. And, um, you know, we all go through things. We struggle with things in this life. So that's why we have to fight the fight of faith. But where do we get that inner peace? Where do we get, where can that be multiplied within us? Truly from only trusting in Jesus. Because as we go through life and as we face trials and as we face struggles, the Lord gets us through them. He always gives us a way to escape whatever temptation we may be going through, whatever trial we may be facing. He always provides a way of escape. And Peter goes on in verse three and says, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Check that out. It's a living hope. It's a hope that we can have now. You know, as we, again, as we go through this life and we face many things, we face many difficulties at different stages of our lives, the, 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 the trials can be different and such, right? But we have a living hope. We have, a, first of all, a living hope in that Christ ever lives. He ever lives to make intercession for us. He is in us by his spirit. But we have this living hope, meaning in this lifetime, we have this hope too, where we can trust in the Lord, rest in the Lord, hope in the Lord, right? But it's a daily thing. 
It's, it's day after day after day. I remember um, when my wife and I got married, I was kind of, you know, I was a, extremely a baby in Christ, as you could call it, right? About six months old in the Lord. The Lord was still doing a work in my heart and cleansing, cleansing me of this and that and, and helping me through many trials as he still does today, okay? But, you know, at our wedding, um, there was a song that my wife's grandmother wanted played, and it's an old hymn. But I just remember it to this day, how it stuck out to me, um, you know, on that day, you know, when I was listening to it while we were in the middle of our marriage ceremony, but it said, um, many things about tomorrow, that I will not understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. And so many times over the years, you know, I've had to hold on to that mentality that I don't understand this day, Lord. I don't understand this struggle. I don't understand this trial. 36 years later, you know, another trial comes, something else happens and we go through things and we say, I just don't get it, Lord. I don't understand it, but I know you're there. Many things about tomorrow that I will not understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. That's the living hope that we have, and that's where we find peace and where we can find peace multiplied to us, okay? So, Verse four continues. Let me read verse three again and go right on in to verse four. Blessed, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved for you reserved in heaven for you. Again, there's a reservation, but we've not got there yet. There's something prepared for us. Eye has not seen, the scripture says. Ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Right, But that there's something reserved for us, and it's incorruptible. It's undefiled, and it will not fade away. Do you notice how things in this life can fade away? Maybe you, go, maybe you have a certain mentality in life and something slaps you upside the head just to kind of adjust you and, and take that away from you, you know? Um, and, and you kind of begin to look at life um, in a different way, you know, because we live in a time where things are corruptible and things can be defiled. And it's a daily thing, and it's not uncommon. So don't go through life thinking that something that you're going through is like uncommon, and you're the only one that's going through it. Or you know, you know, I, I you know, we can all think that way. I've been there, done that. You bought the T-shirt, as they say, right? I've gone through that type of thing, where you think you're alone in something, but we're not. Um, ha, you know, again. The, the, my granddaughter, I guess I'm allowed to say that, right? I'm being asked the question here by an eight-year-old. It's my granddaughter, okay. 
but why did the Philistines poke out Samson's eye? You know what? <laughs> when I started this teaching, um, or when I start, like I said, I press live, um, I'm going to say, ask your daddy. <laughs> ask your daddy to, to look that up, okay, for you, Kayla. Um, because uh, I'm just drawing a blank on, on the story right now. You kind of stumped me. But again, I'm not here to be the Bible answer man tonight. Uh, this is a more practical approach to just um, growing in the faith and, and things like that. But thank you so much for the question. But um, your daddy can look that up for you. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, I guess I should be embarrassed that I can't just give the answer off the top of my head, but uh, I'm not. So <laughs> anyway, um, so to an inheritance incorruptible, it says, and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you, who, speaking of us, right, who are kept by the power of God through what? Through faith. Here we come back to this faith again, right? This thing that we need on a daily basis. We need faith, okay? We need hope on a daily basis. And, you know, the thing that really sparked, you know, an interest in me and just kind of jumping on and calling this Wednesday Night Live, again, was not, like I say, to be the Bible answer, man, but, you know, I've just run into so many people now with so much hurt in their life, so much pain. You know, the, the Lord has just brought me to a place in life where I'm crossing paths with people that have lost their loved ones, you know, um, different trials and circumstances in their lives. I won't name them all, but, and, you know, people are losing hope and people are wondering, what's going on? What's going on in the world? And not only that, you know, um, you may have come upon this and, and you may be at a certain age in your life where you're struggling with certain things that, you know, like I said, it's not uncommon. Someone else has been through it. But anyway, you know, it, in if I read on here, let me read on for a minute. Um, we're kept by the power of God through faith for the salvation ready to be revealed. So we're, we're waiting for that time. We're getting through this time, right? It says, in this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. Think about that. I mean, here is Peter writing to believers Okay, and I got news for you. This is not your best life now. This is not it. No matter how great life can be here, this is not the best life now. Okay, we're going to have, we're going to be grieved sometimes by various trials, right? Things that just beat us down and we're struggling with and we're going through this trial or whatever the case may be, right? And, and, it says that we can greatly rejoice, though, there at the beginning of uh, verse 6. In what? In, well, in that salvation that's reserved for us, right? That, that inheritance, that incorruptible thing, that undefiled place that's, you know, there for us, you know? And it says, though, look at verse 7, and this is key, that the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes... Think about all the things in life you can focus your attention on, and many people do. 
And many of us can, can, can make this mistake. We get focused on the wrong things, you know, um, making money, having money, buying this, buying that, whatever case may be. And look, the Lord knows we have need of things, okay? So we do have to pay attention to certain, you know, areas and aspects of our lives that we need to be diligent about. Just read the Proverbs, you know, we need to be diligent about certain things. But there's something far more important than that, and that's your faith. And your faith will be tested. The genuineness of your faith it's more precious than gold that perishes. It's far more valuable than anything else you can, you can know in this life. And if you don't have that foundation, you can be easily shaken by the trials of life, by the things that come your way, the things you have to face, the decisions you have to make, and, you know, or circumstances that arise in your life that are just heavy on you. If you don't have that firm foundation of faith that the rest of your life is built upon. You know, Jesus talked about that building upon the rock, right? The foundation is rock and Jesus is that rock. The word of God hidden in your heart, right? That you might not sin against the Lord and, and you're living a life that's pleasing to him, right? Well, that faith has to be tested. Why? So that it becomes stronger, it says, though it be tested by fire, may be found uh, to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, did I ever say at the beginning of this, because like I said, I just went ahead and pushed the go live button. I don't know if I ever said, but I'm in 1 Peter chapter 1, by the way. That's where I'm reading from this week. Um, but, you know, we, we go through these trials, we get tested, right? And it says that though it be tested by fire, may be found to the praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Again, everything is pointing us to the future in these verses. Everything is pointing us not to about the best life now, not about this life. It's pointing us to the future. It's pointing us to that what is reserved for us in heaven, that incorruptible, that undefiled inheritance that we have, right? That salvation, you know, everything that we have, it's out there in the future. And right now, we're going to be tested and we're going to be tried and we're going to have to press on by faith. There are going to be situations where people come about in your life and they get you down. They get you sad. They harm you in some way, shape or form. You know, maybe something gets stolen from you. I mentioned in my other teaching this week, I had my catalytic converter stolen out of my work van. And you know, just the sickness you feel when you start, I started the van, it's like, oh no. You know, I could tell right away by the sound of the van that they had stolen it. But there's people in the world that are like that. People that don't care about what is good, what is holy, what is just, what is of good report. But what God has prepared for us is that we would walk in those kind of things and that we would be servants of Jesus and honor him in the things that we do, right? And speaking of Jesus, verse eight says, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet what? Believing, that's that faith part. You rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. You know, how is it that we think 
and I'm kind of speaking to myself in this, to be honest, like, why is it that we can think that, uh, you know, I can have inexpressible full, you know, inexpressible joy, right? Full of glory. If my mind is focused on the things of this world, you, you can't have it. There's no way. This is the perishable world we live in now. This is the defiled world. This is the corruptible place, right? But when, when, we're, when we're fixed on eternity, when we're fixed on the Lord, and when we realize that many things about tomorrow we will not understand, but He is holding our hand, when we know this, then we can have that inexpressible joy full of glory because we're not weighed down by this. And Jesus tells us that, doesn't he? Take no thought for tomorrow, right? He tells us, seek first the kingdom of God and what? His righteousness. And then what does he promise to do? He adds to us that which we need, okay? So again, it's all, here we see that it's all about the focus. And in the end, verse nine says, we're gonna receive the end of our faith, which is what? the salvation of our souls. Let me see here. So, yeah, I'm just checking the comments here. But um, verse 10, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to you. So the prophets of old knew that that time was coming when God was going to offer this grace, that whosoever will could come, whosoever would, would come, could come to the Lord and have faith in him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and surrender their life to him. That's the grace of God. And now we know from Titus chapter two that the grace of God which brings salvation has appeared to all men, it says, teaching us to deny, teaching us that denying um, worldly lust, ungodliness, it says, and worldly lust. That's what we're to do. That's what the grace that brings salvation does. When someone is truly saved by grace and they've committed their lives to, to the Lord, they've said, yes, thank you for this grace. And now I commit my life to you and I repent and I, and I come unto you. I'm going to now deny ungodliness and I'm going to deny worldly lust. And I'm going to live soberly and righteously in this present age. That's what it says in Titus 2. Okay, that, that's what we're called to do, to now live soberly and righteously in this present age, soberly, not just not being drunk, but being of sound mind, right? Being of sound mind, committed to the Lord and living righteously and choosing to, to do what's right. And that's a fight, isn't it? When we live in a world where everything is sight, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life is right outside the door every time we go out. Nowadays, it's right inside the home on the computer, right there. Anything we want to see, the lust of the eye, all of that kind of stuff is right there for us. But we have to fight against that and say, no, the grace of God that brings salvation teaches me something. It's taught me something to deny ungodliness, to deny worldly lust, to live soberly, 
to live righteously in this present age. What does that mean? In the here and now. You see, yes, there's this eternity that awaits us, this place that we're going. But there's something that we're called to do, and that is to walk in the good works that God has prepared for us. And, and we're to live soberly and righteously now in this present age. How do we do this? By faith. By faith, I'm going to deny the lust of the eye. You know, by faith, I'm going to deny ungodliness. I'm not going in that direction. I'm not going to let, let myself go there. I'm not going to take myself there. I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to build my life upon the rock, the firm foundation that is the word of God. And that's how I can escape that corruption. There's corruption of this world. I can escape that. And God always gives us a way to escape. We always have that way to escape. It's always there. Okay? And, and that is by the working of His Spirit within us, then we're yielding to. You know, Scripture says, um, if we're led by the Spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But sometimes it's so easy to let ourselves not be led by the Spirit and rather to be led by the flesh. If we're led by the flesh, what are we going to do? We're going to fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? But to be led by the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, right? We love the Lord. We love the Lord, we love his word, we love his commands, we love what he gave his apostles to write to us, and we've decided that we're going to follow that, we're going to be obedient to that, and we're going to walk in that way, right? In that righteousness, the path of righteousness. And why do we do it? For his name's sake, that's why we do it. And verse 19, 9 again, in the end, we're going to receive the end of, the, the, the end of your faith. What's at the end? What's at the end after we fight this fight, after we get through this? Remember how the Apostle Paul, I don't, maybe you don't know, but when he got to the end of his life, you know, he said, I kept the faith. I've fought the fight. He, he had to fight it. And in the end, he received the salvation of his soul as a result because he stayed the course and he fought the fight. Okay, so... Verse 10, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired, and search, I think I commented on that already, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ who was in them and was indicating when he testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. So check that out. The prophets of old had the Spirit of Christ within them testifying, and they're searching things out. They were like, when's this going to happen? When's this going to happen? Well, it happened not in their life times. It happened in the future. Today, we have that same hope. There's something that God has promised. And yeah, we could spend a lot of time debating and talking about when's that going to happen? When's that going to happen? And it's good that we care about when that's going to happen because how then should we be living if we know it's going to happen? That is that Christ is going to return. That is that every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God. That's all in the future for us, right? Just like it was for the prophets of old that Christ would come, right? To them, it was revealed that not to themselves, but to us, they were ministering the things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, 
things which angels desire to look into. Now check this out, verse 13. Therefore, gird up your loins. Gird up the loins of your mind, excuse me. Here we see this word again, be sober, right? Guard your mind, right? Protect your mind. Be careful what you're putting into it, right? And rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Check, check that out. Fully. Rest your hope fully. Put everything you've got into that, that in the end, there's going to be, we're going to receive the salvation of our souls and we gird up the loins of our minds. Um. I would like to ask for prayer and being obedient to the Holy Spirit over my own selfish desires. Too often, I am being taken captive by worldly things. Like I said, nothing is uncommon. So easy to do. Let me first exhort you in that. Um, that That is so easy to do. So easy to get, easy to get distracted, right? Now, this is an old, you know, uh, I'm going to quote something here that maybe you should look it up, but I think it's a good analogy, if that's all it is, as an analogy, whether it's true or not. Um, it's let me, let me tell you, I've, I've once heard someone say, or I've heard a lot of people say, quite honestly, you know, that they... If a plane were to take off from LA going to Hawaii and it was off by one or two degrees or something like that, it would miss the Hawaiian Islands by so many miles, like a large amount of miles. I don't, I don't know again how true it is, but it helps to illustrate something here that it's so easy for all of us, again, who live in this world where there's all kinds of things around us, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all of these things, you know, that, you know, are all the keeping up with the Joneses, the keeping up with other people around us, all of that kind of stuff. It's so easy to fall into these things and to get distracted to where we find ourselves off course and we're just missing it. We're just missing the mark. And to, you know, I want to read this again. I would like to ask for prayer and being obedient to the Holy Spirit over my own selfish desires. Amen. That is a prayer in and of itself. Too often I am being taken captive by worldly things. Let's pray for that. Lord God in heaven, I pray. I agree with my brother Isaac here, Lord, and I just agree with him, Lord, that we all need this, Lord. We need this. We need to stay the course, to stay focused on you. And again, Lord, you've given us the faith. You've given us all that we need for life and godliness. It's already within us. But Again, Lord, we, we fight this battle and you know that we do because you were here, Lord, and you were tempted in all ways like as we are, but yet you resist it. You resist it to bloodshed. We've not yet had to do that. We've not yet resisted the bloodshed, but you have, Lord, and you've done that for us, Lord. And apart from you, just like you told your disciples, Lord, we can do nothing. So I pray for Isaac, I pray for myself and anyone else listening or whoever may come upon this someday, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would fix our eyes on you, 
Lord. And I think of how when I've studied that scripture before, Lord, it talks about taking your eyes off of everything else and putting them on one thing. That's what that means to fix your eyes on Jesus. And that's what we need, Lord, because apart from you, we can do nothing. But as we do this, Lord, we, we need to fight the fight. We need to fight the fight of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, and be led by your spirit, Lord. So I pray for Isaac and again for myself and for everyone, Lord, listening to this, that we would yield to the leading of your spirit on a daily basis because you are providing that way of escape. But sometimes, Lord, the world yells at us and screams at us so loudly that it drowns out that still small voice that is you speaking within us, Lord. And that is why we need to stay focused on your word, Lord, your living word that is sharper than any two-edged sword, your word that can go in and, and do a work within us that nothing else can, Lord. So I pray, Lord, that by your spirit, you would encourage Isaac in this and all of us, Lord, that have to fight a fight of faith, Lord, till we wait till that day, Lord, when that glorious day when we will ever be with you, Lord. But for now, we just press on, Lord, and fight the fight, Lord. So we thank you. Lord, we thank you that you have a throne of grace, that we can just do what we're doing right now, Lord. Just call out to you. Just drop everything and call out to you, Lord. And we can do this at all times, Lord. But again, increase our faith, Lord. And even as I pray that, Lord, I know that when I ask that you would increase our faith, that it's going to require testing because it's going to have to be something that comes along to strengthen our faith. So I pray for Isaac, Lord, that when the next thing comes along, whatever it is in his life, Lord, in any of our lives, whatever it is, when the next thing comes along, Lord, that we will buckle up, that we will gird up the loins of our minds as we just read, and that we would be sober, and that is fixed and focused, mentally sharp, Lord, on your will for our lives and on your desire for our lives. And we would have the resolve, Lord, to just stand strong, to stand firm in the faith. And, and Lord, even as I think about that, you know, there's, it, it, we have to have the armor. We have to have the shield of faith. We have to be protected, Lord. And the only weapon that we have that's an offensive weapon in all of that is the word of God. So, Lord, I just agree with my brother in that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, I'm going to jump right back into that. Thank you for that prayer request, Isaac. And, um, but I want to jump back to where I was here just a minute ago because that was a perfect timing for verse 13 to gird up the loins of your mind and to be sober. So there, there's a, a few things that we have to do here in verse 13 of 1 Peter 1. Gird up the, loin, the, the loins of our mind, right? Be sober. And then do what? It says, and then rest. Just like rest in the Lord in that hope that we're resting in that hope that, man, there's an end coming. And I know that like, you know, me, I'm a 57-year-old man, you know, and I know that sometimes if you're a younger man, you know, it's hard to kind of, to, to kind of look to, you know, how close 
heaven really is for us. But uh, man, life is, like James says, life is, is but a vapor. It's but a vapor. And it just appears for a short time and it vanishes. And ever since I first heard that scripture as you know, someone who first came to Christ and I first time I read that scripture, I just remember looking at a pot of water boiling and seeing the, you know, the steam that comes off of that pot of water and it just like appears and then it's gone. And that's how this life goes by. But sometimes we think that, man, it's so hard and laborious, you know, it's like, I got to get through this, I got to get through that, you know, and, you know, all of these things that face us in life, you know, from going through school and then needing more school and then needing a job and then needing this, all of this. But, but the thing that again, we need that foundation of is faith where we are sober minded and we're girded up, we're ready to go to work, we're ready to fight the fight, but yet we're resting in that hope of what is off in the future. As verse 14 says, as obedient children, check this out, verse 14, not conforming yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance. You see, why do we have to be reminded of this? Why do you think that we have this written down in the Bible, written to Christians in the first place, right? It was written to Christians. And now written to us today, again, 36 years later in the Lord, I need this verse, right? I need to be reminded that I cannot conform myself to the former lust in my ignorance. My ignorance of what? My ignorance to Christ. I, I didn't know him. I wasn't yielded to him. I wasn't surrendered to him, submitted to him, right? But now I need to be reminded that I am, and that I, I cannot, you know, give in or yield to this lust, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, all of that stuff, right? That sin that so easily besets us, right? It knocks us off the course. It knocks us off the path. It gets us, you know, off the focus of what we know is right, you know? And we have to be reminded, like I said, so we, that's what Peter's doing here. We can't conform ourselves to that. Um, my little chat box here is very small, so, and my eyes are very bad. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome, Isaac. God bless. Thank you for asking for that. It's, um, it's a blessing to, to be here. This is my heart in doing this, so this makes me joyful that I could pray for you, so thank you. Right, as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. That's important. You know, unfortunately, that's a part of the gospel message that gets left out today. You know, that, that we need to be holy, right? What does being holy mean? Many people know this, right? You're set apart. Realize that we've been taken out of darkness and we've been brought into the kingdom of light, truth, right? And, and that's some place we've been because we heard the gospel in our lives some point in time or maybe, you, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hear the gospel or I didn't yield to it till I was 21 years old. You know, I probably first truly heard it when I was younger 
but I didn't yield my life to it till I was older. But, you know, there, there's a time when I walked in that ignorance, but maybe you haven't. Maybe, you know, but yet, even still, those people that grow up in the Lord, I think of my own kids, you know, that maybe that I did train up in the Lord and all that, they still have to fight the fight of faith. They still have to have their own defining moment, that own, you know, that own place, that time or place in their lives, I'm trying to say, where they give their lives to the Lord and they're committed to saying, you know, I'm not doing this, I'm set apart like verse 15 is telling us to be, right? And I'm not going to conform to this lust, and I'm going to fight against it. That doesn't mean that, boom, tomorrow it's gone. Now, for me, you know, there was lust in my life. There was things that I did in my life, you know, that when I came to Christ at 21 years old, yeah, I had kind of a radical experience coming to Christ, but I still had to, there was a lot of cleansing out that the Lord was doing. And I'm telling you the truth again, there, still to this day, we, you have to keep fighting the fight of faith. You know, Paul, the apostle Paul, think about that. Filled with the spirit, met the Lord personally on the road to Damascus, was smacked down by the Lord and all of that. And he said, when he came to the end, he said, I don't consider myself to have arrived. And, and here we think, that we don't have to fight a battle. So it's a battle and we keep going on and we just need to fight to, to, to walk by faith and stay the course. And if you call on the Father, verse 17, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear. Again, who is Peter writing to? Christians, Right? And he's reminding us, this is what we have to do. We have to conduct ourselves in a certain way, right? And we do this by faith. And what does that do? It pleases God. Faith pleases God. Knowing that you not, were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless um, conduct. Um, I just lost my page. <laughs> uh, excuse me here. This is what happens when you're live. You can't just edit this out or whatever. Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the tradition from your fathers. You know, there are many people that are brought up in religion and things like that in different denominations and non-denominations and all that kind of stuff. But again, we have to realize who we are in Christ. And we have to realize there's a certain way that we need to conduct our lives. That word there in verse uh, 17, where you see um, yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, right? You know, there's a certain way, that's reverence. We say, you know what? I reverence God. That's why I do what I do. That's why I fight the fight of faith, because I reverence God. You know, that's why I battle against sin, because I reverence God. There's a lot of people that could care less. But when, when you're, if you're, if you're even listening to this this far, you reverence God. If you've hung in there this far, then, then you're seeking God. And that's a good thing. There's something good happening within you. And be encouraged by that, that, that there's a good work that's, that has been, been begun in you. He, and, and God is faithful to complete it. He who has begun a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So we're all going through things. I know that I'm not complete. I know that um, I've got a lot to learn and a lot to grow in. But 
For 36 years, I've stayed the course, and I encourage you and I exhort you to stay the course. Now, I don't know what kind of time I've been on here, so um, let's see. Wow, already 45 minutes, so I could keep rambling on and on and on because, again, I love doing this. Uh, this is a sweet time of fellowship, but for those of you that are watching, it appears that there's like five of you out there that have been watching. God bless you. And uh, we will continue to, uh, you know, Lord willing, we'll come back again next Wednesday and just do another Wednesday Night Live and see where we all are. And if this is something that you, you've enjoyed, maybe you can share it with others and invite others to come back. If you don't already have a fellowship that you go to somewhere on Wednesday nights. Um, but um, God bless. Again, thank you for watching. And we will see you next time. I'm going to go ahead and cut it off here. God bless.